Welcome to the Institute of Barristers Clark's podcast, the podcast that provides an insight into the Clarking world. It is an opportunity for members old and new to share with you all their wonderful knowledge and insights of Clarking and how it has evolved since the Institute formed 100 years ago. My name is Stephen Wright and I am a senior clerk at 7BR and today I'm joined by Hannah Sparks and Deborah King. Hannah is the Head of Marketing and Graduate Recruitment at Moncton Chambers. She has over 10 years experience of leading on marketing and branding in Chambers and her current position includes strategy, digital marketing, brand development, event organisation, directory submissions and awards, business development and communications. Her role also carries the responsibility for graduate recruitment, pupillage, and she has recently been featured in the Chambers Student Guide of 2022. Hannah's experience and career to date positions her at the forefront of a time where Chambers marketing is increasing, modernising and diversifying across the bar. Deb is a CIM qualified marketing communications and business development professional with experience spanning over 15 years in the legal and private education sectors. She has spent many years working in law firms in London before joining the world of the bar five years ago. She is head of marketing at 20 Essex, a commercial set of chambers. Hannah and Deb, welcome to the IBC podcast. Thanks for having us. Hello. So you're both at the top of your game in relation to sort of the marketing and how chambers have evolved in marketing over the past you know, 10, 15 years or so. But how important do you think it is for a Chambers? I mean, obviously, you're going to say, yes, it is massively important because you're in those roles. But how important is it for Chambers to do marketing? Hannah, should we just kick off? Yep. okay. So I think more increasingly and rapidly so than ever before, I think, especially um, since the pandemic as well. And the bigger introduction into digital marketing in chambers which I think many of us are embracing and I think we've seen over the last couple of years marketing teams growing within chambers. When I started marketing I think it was quite unusual for marketing staff to be in chambers full stop so one was kind of seen as being really forward thinking but now you're seeing chambers that have got teams of three or four marketing teams and that seems to be quite the norm it's actually quite hard to recruit and it seems a bit of a marketeers market at the moment lots of vacancies out there and I think many chambers are seeing the importance and how marketing is so valued in chambers and it's good for us to see the recognition of the marketing teams I mean the role that we do is all-encompassing so for in other industries where you might have a social media marketing manager an events manager um, our role kind of covers everything the social media events strategy directories and I think for us to now be seeing that recognition and teams being developed in chambers it's really nice for us to see and feel valued. So a bit like a clerk, really, where you're covering anything and everything, but in marketing. So I suppose your careers can develop quite quickly then. Yeah, I think as well, actually, that's a good point. The marketing teams seem to be working a lot closer with the clerks now as well, whereas I think at first it was probably more of a standalone role kind of finding our feet in the role. But now I think the collaboration between the marketing staff and the clerking team is closer 
than ever. And that kind of business development crossover, it helps both sides of the job, both clerking and marketing, for us to have that close relationship and communication is key. Yeah. So to follow on from what Hannah said about how it's evolved marketing, how do you feel it's important for Chambers to market themselves? So when I came across the barrels five years ago, I, I echo everything that Hannah said about growth. Now we're seeing lots of marketing teams with two or three people or even four in some cases. And I've seen that over the last few years myself, just in, before my eyes. And I also, I've always strongly believed that marketing teams are strategic as much as they should be operational. And in law firms, they, they can be segmented out in that way, actually. So I think similar to what Hannah was saying, we are now, the last few years, especially especially since COVID, we are seeing a bit more recognition for the strategic side of our jobs, not just here to run events, here to update the website. And we are seeing as the teams get bigger, some more specialisms. I think there are some digital marketing specialists in chambers, not many. But yes, I see it changing quickly. And it's I think it's a really exciting time to join. I think especially if you're a junior marketeer to start your career, you can get your hands dirty with anything right across the full marketing mix, where in law firms, you'd get pigeonholed into a certain area a lot of the time. So I think Chambers is a really good playground for, for newcomers to marketing to launch their career, so to speak. Actually, as Steve mentioned just prior to that as well, you can, if you want to, grow and develop quickly in the marketing role, I think, because they are smaller teams. You can almost make the role what you want to and progress. I saw it at 7BR, so I got recruited at 7BR as the marketing manager, but then 18 months later got promoted to the head of marketing and it's where you've not got those huge teams that you have in law firms that career progression if you want to have it is there and I've always found chambers to be really supportive of career progression as well definitely I think also you need to be someone who's willing to just roll their sleeves up and get stuck in and not be precious about what you say yes to or not to so I think you need when we recruit our juniors in our teams we need someone with that attitude who's quite ready to hardworking and, and quite flexible. So you'd say that there was more scope in a chambers than what there would be in a sort of a big law firm because of the opportunities that it gives you? Oh, there's so many other, there's different benefits in law firms. So when I was in law firms, it was great for my career, for my CV, very corporate. I moved away to specialise in what I was doing. But yes, you can get lost. If you're in a big firm, you can get lost. You can just be a cog in a wheel, really. Some of the smaller boutique firms might be a bit more like a chambers in the way they behave. Yeah. I think all the cultures are quite different, so it's really hard to sort of say. No, sure. But I, I do think chambers is a great starting point for somebody, or not starting point, but a, a marketing person, yes. But people, I think, need to be realistic in our resources as well. Yeah. Because we don't have the resources of law firms. We don't have the technology. We don't have the size and scale of teams in law firms that a lot of people would kind of expect to work to. Try and persuade your chambers to fly you first class into the bucket. <laughs> fly. <laughs> Just moving on. So you both mentioned sort of digital marketing. What are the benefits of social media? So I think social media for chambers is twofold. So we have social media for the chambers as as a whole, and then we've got social media for individual barristers and their individual practices. So I think early days social media feeds are sort of just broadcasting news and the fact that you exist, a bit of a branding exercise in the earlier days. And then as things get a bit more sophisticated, you can become a bit more strategic with what you're putting out and who you're targeting and that sort of thing. 
obviously for barristers or any individuals, any of us, it's about personal branding. So for barristers, we have to encourage them to be a voice in their industry and be a thought leader and not be scared to have an opinion online, which is a whole other topic, really. (laughs) So they need to show their expertise and put themselves out there a little bit. And also to give each other a bit of kudos. They love a bit of peer-to-peer kudos, a bit of competition online as well. There's so many aspects to social media, I think. And Hannah, how would you go about promoting your barristers in your chambers now at Moncton? Would you say to them, on social media purposes I'm talking about, would you say to them to use LinkedIn or Twitter or both? So I think just echoing what Deb said about the personal branding and chambers branding, I think... I feel that LinkedIn now is the more preferred and professional platform. That said, we have got some barristers that are very successful on Twitter. I think they're completely different marketing tools. And I think to be successful on Twitter, you need to be very, very active. Whereas I think if you're too active on LinkedIn, you can overdo it. So I think LinkedIn is kind of a quicker and easier way to have that presence. And I would certainly encourage a junior member that wants to start being more active digitally, I would encourage them to start with a LinkedIn profile rather than a Twitter profile. And same thinking about clerks and staff in chambers as well for personal branding, as well as supporting the chambers brand, I would recommend LinkedIn. I do think that Twitter still has a place. And one of the benefits of social media marketing is gaining exposure, directing traffic towards your website, and Twitter supports LinkedIn as well in doing that. I think both Twitter and a good reason to have a Twitter account, as both Twitter and LinkedIn too, I find really good news sources. So kind of keeping up to date with current trends, legal developments, career moves, that kind of thing that you might not necessarily be aware of. I tend to find out a lot of information on Twitter and LinkedIn. And I think that kind of sense of community that you get from Twitter and LinkedIn as well is really important. So other than Twitter and LinkedIn, and obviously this is an IBC podcast, so we should probably fry it back at the clerks as well. How do you think that clerks can market to raise not only their profile, but also Chambers' profile. I suppose you could sort of say that Twitter and LinkedIn is the obvious choice, but is there any other sort of things out there that they could do? Deb? In terms of other platforms, we've always had this mindset that Facebook is for recruitment, for graduate recruitment, maybe for pupillage. We personally don't have any Facebook presence at 20SX, and I think Facebook is now being seen as, as an older person's platform, unfortunately. Maybe Instagram could become more useful if if people get stuck into Instagram with event photography that they've done. They could sort of focus on that a little bit. We haven't. As Hannah said, we 20SX are on LinkedIn and Twitter only at the moment. LinkedIn is the sort of professional platform. Hannah, other than sort of social media, are there any other things that clerks or marketing managers like yourself could do to promote themselves? I think knowledge and communication is key. I think like getting on top of knowing your barristers' specialisms, the practice areas that you do, I think from a BD perspective, for both clerks and marketing, I think when you are kind of client-facing, you need to know what you're talking about. So I think just spending that time to get to know your barristers and your practice areas is really important. I think marketing 
for clerks and, and marketing staff, talking about all chamber staff internally is really important as well. So being kind of visual with your members in chambers, I think building that trust up internally and that confidence up internally helps you externally as well with things like attending events, networking. I think as well, as we know, something else to talk about, but with directory quotes, clerks have been a lot more recognised. And I mean, hopefully in the future, we will see the marketing staff recognised as well. But I think seeing even junior clerks now are being recognised in the directories. The Legal 500 have started awards categories for junior clerks, front of house staff, marketing staff. I think kind of being aware of what is out there and trying to be visual and get seen is important in that career development and helping kind of raising your profile, not only with our clients, but amongst the bar. Yeah, yeah. What a great plug to get ranked this year in one of the legal directories. Just threw it out there, didn't you? Can I just add something to what Hannah was just saying about what clerks can do? And something I'm seeing as well change more recently is at our chambers, our clerks are roughly divided into sort of practice areas. And when we see them at events, networking, I think the more successful the clerks know a lot about the practice areas that their barristers are practicing in. They have to know a little bit about everything, as we said before. But when they become sort of true subject experts, I think that really helps them and their career and the respect they get from from clients and also from barristers. And they become, it's, it's more like Hannah said, it's business development then. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it makes perfect sense. You need to... I mean, I'm not saying you need to know chapter and verse of what each barrister does. I mean, I just sort of take snippets, really, when I'm listening to sort of, you know, when I'm at seminars or events, you know, just picking up little bits about the cases. You can't sort of sit there and read every case throughout. You wouldn't get your job done. But I think just taking little snippets from it and sharing that information with clients goes a long way. Definitely. Hannah, you mentioned legal directories there. And so are you obviously going to say... They are important, but can you expand on how important they are to Chambers? I think, of course, we're going to say it's important. It's a huge part of our job. And I think all marketing staff across the bar would like to see the process made easier. It's very, very time consuming, but it is something that has to be done and there is an importance behind it. And I think that importance differs between sets, between practice areas, between individuals. I mean, everyone has got their opinion on the legal directories and some members find it much more important than others do. I've found that it has a bigger weight internationally. I think some international clients who may not know Chambers branding, particularly when the Chambers is named after an address as well that carries a lot of weight for us in our community but not necessarily internationally and I think if there are big corporate international clients that want to find the best barristers and don't know or don't have any recommendations they will actually turn to the directories and flick through the virtual pages and see who are top ranked but I mean I think that happens less in London and in the UK But I think as well that having that kind of recognition per practice area, per barrister, is something that needs to be done. Yeah, I definitely agree on the international front because, I mean, even you take sort of the chambers that I'm at, if you mention someone 7BR, they're like, well, or even 7 Bedford Row, it used to be called Mm. before you decided to change it when you was at our chambers. But there's that sort of a, you have to sort of explain what we are, I suppose. Whereas if you said... 
a law firm's name, they would know straight away. Yeah. But Debs, what are your thoughts on legal directories? <laughs> yes, I agree with everything Hannah said about how time-consuming it is for our poor marketing teams and ourselves. It's a whole lot more in terms of volume than there is when you're in a law firm position, which was a bit of a shock when I moved over here of the volume involved. But process aside, it's sort of one of those things that's... A few years ago at 26, actually, we this was part of our, some of our client research that we did with surveys and interviews. So we made sure we asked a question around how important a directory is when you look to instruct a barrister. And it was a really frustrating answer of, they're not obviously not top of the list, but they're too important to drop as well. So it does go back to what Hannah was saying, I think, about the global, it's sort of a global benchmark, really. And it's just a little sense check that you're doing the right thing when you're looking to a top tier barrister. Barristers probably have different opinions because they tend to look at their peers and their friends in other sets and sort of say, well, I'm better than that person. Why are they a tier above me? And it doesn't really work that way. So I'm always trying to encourage our barristers, the researchers at the directories need to get to know you. They need to hear your name. They need to know more about you before they can rank you. You might think you're a better performer in court, but they need to know about you from the way you put yourself forward. You need to marketing and BD activities need to help that as well. Sorry, that wasn't very articulate, but that's what I'm trying to say. It's not just a case of, oh, I'm a better barrister than they are and they're ranked higher. Why is that? There's so many factors involved. It also comes down to referee feedback. So they, the market intel that the researchers get is really important and what people are telling them. It's usually the right referees as well, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? Referees that are going to respond. is the <laughs> yeah. It's sort of yeah. heartbreaking for us because we spend most of our time on the paper submissions, but we get told by the researchers that, it's all about referees mm. and all about the market feedback from referees. So we have to treat both aspects of the process as important as each other, I think. So going back to the very start, I think it was Hannah that mentioned earlier about there's lots of sort of marketing jobs out there. Can you just sort of give me a brief outline of how you got into marketing, just to sort of promote it in a way that if there's any aspiring marketeers out there that would like to sort of join Chambers and Deb, for example, you mentioned your CIM qualified, but how did you get to that point? Oh, well, I've got a bit of an interesting journey, actually. So yeah, I've been in the UK for 13 years. So before that, I was in back in Sydney. I started my job after, after university of working in the university. So I was working in the student recruitment sort of admin side of that. And it was actually at a, a Christmas party. The sales and marketing team head sort of came to me and said, do you want to do you want to try marketing, come into our team, it's lots of fun. This was at a university. So that's where my marketing, actual marketing career started when I was still at home. Then I moved over here during the recession, actually, 2009, and it was sort of really hard to get a job anywhere. So I was looking for marketing or BD roles in any industry, to be honest. And my very first landing place for a permanent job was Hogan Lovells. So that was my first law firm experience. And since then, I've been in the legal sector and it's been hard to get away. <laughs> so, yeah. Once you're in, you're in. Yeah. I do love professional services and I love, I've always been proud of wanting to market people's intelligence, not a product product. So, I, I really enjoy the people side of what we do. Yeah. No, I think this is a sort of people person sort of job. Hannah, how did you start all those years ago? So, my route to market is a bit more traditional chambers in that I knew a clerk and I started in chambers when I was 18 and didn't go to university. I started in an reception front of house administrative 
position. The business development manager at the time in that chambers left and they didn't recruit to replace. And a bit like Deb said, they asked me if I'd consider moving into a more marketing role. It was all very new to me. I didn't have the marketing qualifications. I had an interest in marketing, like social media, had a blog, that kind of thing. And it grew from there. And as I said earlier, I feel I've been really supported in every chambers that I've worked in to progress my career. And yeah, that's how I've got here. I do feel like Chambers is more like a home, isn't it? It's without sounding too cheesy. You get looked after as an individual, as a person, more than big law firms. That's just my experience. Yeah, it's completely my experience as well. And I couldn't encourage anyone more to work in Chambers. I'd love it. And I love marketing as well. And as you said, the professional services side and marketing intelligence, yeah, I think that was a really good point. There's also something to be said about taking ownership of your own career. You can't work anywhere and expect to be given a path to follow. You need to make it happen for yourself and know what you want. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So what's your favourite part of the job? You've both sort of said separately throughout this podcast that you love marketing, but what sort of stands out for you on a day-to-day basis? So I'm a pure Marcoms person. I love communications. I love writing, proofing, editing. I'm much better with written comms personally. We've said we love the people aspect as well. So that's that's the other side of it. I'd only ever want to work for, in terms of marketing, a, a product that I'm proud of. So it's the people, the human intelligence. Barristers are fascinating. They've got all different personalities. It's been interesting. We know that one. <laughs> what about yourself, Hannah? Yeah, just to carry on from what Deb said, the fact that barristers are so fascinating I feel like there's always a story to tell like every day something yeah there's a different story at the end of every day and it is cliche but I love the fact that every day is different and as we were saying earlier our roles are all-encompassing I like as well the event side of things I enjoy organizing events it's something I like to do personally as well as professionally so I'm a bit of a spreadsheet planner type person and I find in chambers that I can put that into practice. And I like doing a job where you're seeing the achievement as well. I like seeing if there is a member that has been striving for a directory ranking or to speak at a certain event and getting that win. I take satisfaction in that as well. Yeah, it's definitely something to be said to that. It's a bit of a buzz, isn't it? Yeah, there is, definitely. You put in action. It might not happen straight away as well. It might be sort of over a long period of time. And then when it does come, you sort of think, That is why I do. So, obviously, this podcast is about the IBC, and and Jeff Carr would probably not shoot me as such, but I'm here with two sort of marketing experts. How do you think the IBC can improve their marketing? Hannah? Difficult question to ask, Steve. I think a couple of things. I mean, this podcast is a start as well. And it's a fantastic way to kind of get the IBC and members of the IBC more heard and build that sense of community amongst the IBC. But talking kind of hard marketing, I think the IBC branding is quite traditional. I think the website is quite static. And I think maybe some more visual elements kind of movement amongst the website more visuals on the social media that kind of thing as I said the podcast this provides that element of getting to know people as part of the IBC committee but yeah I think maybe just 
being a bit more interactive across digital marketing. Yeah. What about yourself, Deb? Yeah, I mean, I've just thought of something, a really practical sort of idea if this isn't already being done. So I agree with what Hannah was saying about the website being a bit static and I'm not sure how much the RBC puts out on social media, but I'm assuming it's a regular LinkedIn posts and Twitter tweets now and then. Well, it's a bi-weekly podcast. <laughs> it's a lot of content. More, more than, more. <laughs> I'm not sure if anyone's doing this at the moment, but there's something on LinkedIn you can do with admins. So however many admins an account has, those admins are usually influencer-type characters in, in what they're doing. So they usually have amazing personal networks themselves. Not sure if you're one of them, Steve, who's an admin on the IBC account. There's a function that's just a click a click button where you can invite up to 250 of your contacts to follow the page a month. And the more people do that, the more obviously it spreads wider and wider very quickly. And when somebody accepts it, you get that credit back as well. It's sort of an influencer approach. If you get the sort of the right names from the IBC to do that, it can extend the reach by a hell of a lot, really. Mm, that's a really good idea. Coming an influencer. Influencer, yeah. That's a good thing. Is that something on TikTok? I was just about to say, but maybe avoid TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd love to see that. But that's a good tip, actually, for all marketing staff across chambers as well, to do the same from their chambers, have some of the clerks as admins maybe and do that. We did that for LIDW, which is, you know, London International Dispute Suite, which I'm on the strategy group for. And that's where I saw it in action and it just works really well. Get the right characters to do that. Yeah, no, brilliant. So I've got one last question for you both that isn't on the script that you were so desperate for me to send to you. <laughs> so if you had the opportunity to be in any other career than you are now, what would it be and why? Oh. Hannah? I've got two answers, actually. Either the travel industry. I love travel. I go away as much as I can. I spent a couple of years traveling. So either travel or the charity sector as well. I also do quite a lot of voluntary work. So yeah, two quite contrasting industries. But yeah, travel or charity. And now I've got three. Good, good, man. <laughs> <laughs> competition, the two of you. you know, literally one. You just added charity to mine, Hannah. I mean, obviously I'll say charity, right? I'd love to work at the local cat shelter. <laughs> so <laughs> I think for a crazy one, food blogger, getting paid to travel around the world, obviously trying food and blogging about food. But I mean, my original aspiration growing up was to work in an art gallery. I studied art history. So I think it would be kind of to go back to those roots a little bit before I got sidetracked into something else. <laughs> but yeah, that would be more like a charity, not-for-profit kind of approach as well. So Yeah, excellent. I want to thank you both for joining me today. It's been very insightful. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the IBC podcast. Join us next time for more insights into the world of clerking. And remember to share the podcast with anyone else you think may be interested.